and you're listening to Astrological Metaphysical Radio, the phenomenon of the 80s, on KFOX 93.5 FM, your talk alternative in Redondo Beach. I'm Farley Malaris, your host, and welcome to Astrological Metaphysical Radio. Okay, Southern California, this is the TGIF edition of Astrological Metaphysical Radio, and today's topic is called, How to Teach Astrology to a New Person. Gosh, how do you explain astrology to a neophyte or to someone that never got into astrology? You know, some people live their whole lives and they're wrapped up in sun sign astrology, and that is very sad. I used to be like that. I used to be a person that was very much wrapped up into sun sign astrology. I thought being a Leo was important. And I thought, of course, your sun sign is important. Don't steer me wrong. I do think the sun sign astrology is very important. It's, it's critical as far as like nursery school or basic understanding of astrology. I do love the sun sign book. Linda Goodman's sun sign is very interesting and fascinating, so I enjoy that. But that is not the truth of astrology. Typically, the truth of astrology is much more complicated, much more complex, and way beyond sun signs. The thing is, is that when you try to talk about astrology as a science beyond sun sign, then sometimes you lose people or you freak them out or you make them nervous or right away they go, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't know what you're talking about here, Farley. And, and it does get very complicated. Like if you take this show, for example, when you listen to this show and when you get into a situation where you try to understand what I'm talking about, you may notice that this show is delivered in like a expanded or a more advanced profile. Like if you heard me on the rock and roll station when I do my sun sign forecast on Fridays, right, then you'll hear me being very basic and just going over what basically in general all the signs are going through. But if you listen to me on KFOX, the astrology hour, then you'll hear lots of jargon that makes astrology seem more like a language than just a sun sign forecast. And that is really true. The best way to explain astrology to people is to explain to them that this is a science, it is a language, it's a behavioral science, and it is dealing specifically with the movement of the planets in space and the sun plus the moon. Now, right off the bat, you start talking to people about that, and you've got to get them away from the sun sign continent. <laughs> because here's people that all their lives have been used to reading the newspapers, reading the magazines, listening to the sun sign forecasts, and right off the bat, you try to tell them, no, wait a minute, this science is dealing with all the planets, not just the sun. Right away in astronomy, we are taught that the sun is so huge and so powerful, so much more larger than all the planets put together, that logically, it seems that the planets couldn't possibly have the same effect or even a similar or comparable effect as the sun because of the physical size. But that's not true. What we're talking about here in astrology is we're talking about undiagnosed, undefined cosmic energy that most astrologers, through burden of proof experimentation and by following their diaries and following the movements of the planets, have discovered that there is a definite and a true correlation that exists as far as the planets, the sun, and the moon are concerned, and each one of them making up a vital organ as far as our personal natures, personality, and behavioralistic patterns. So when we look at astrology, like, for example, what we're interested with, why is it that you are a Pisces? Did you ever think about that? 
or why is it that you are an Aries? What does that mean, Farley? Well, it just so happens that when Aries and Pisces and Virgo start having birthdays, there's a reason for that. The reason being that the sun has moved into the sector of space that is identified by a huge constellation of stars, a grouping of stars, that is called either Pisces or Aries, or at this time Leo, and that is why that is called your sun sign, because the sun is located in space in that constellation, so that's why you are that particular sun sign. I want to make that clear. So I think I think people believe that certain zodiac signs occur every year on the same day, and that's not true. That isn't true. See, like this year, for example, the sun may go into Virgo on August the 22nd, which is true, which it does. Some years, the sun will go into Virgo on August 23rd. It usually will either be the 22nd or the 23rd. It varies every year, the beginning and the end of each sign. Like the sun this year may go into Libra on September 22nd, but other years it may go in September 21st. See, so there is a variance according to when the sun will change a sector of space. See, like Aries and Taurus and Gemini and Cancer and Leo and Virgo and Libra and Scorpio and Sag, Capricorn, Aquarius and Pisces are zodiac signs for sure, but they're also constellations of stars that exist in a belt that surrounds the Earth from our point of view, and we call this belt the ecliptic. And the reason why this belt is so important, not only to astrology people, but also to astronomy people, because within this narrow belt in the sky is where these moving lights traverse. Are the planets and the sun and the moon, the items that are visible to us from Earth, are literally traveling from our point of view in space through these 12 groupings of stars. And that is why the zodiac are the 12 star constellations through which the planets, the sun and the moon travel have gained so much importance or become more famous, so to speak. Not everyone knows about Cassiopeia or about Pegasus. A lot of people know about the Big Dipper and the Little Dipper and the North Star. These are also constellations. You connect the dots and you find out, you connect the stars and you can actually get a Big Dipper or a Little Dipper or a horse, winged horse or whatever. Same thing with the Zodiac constellations. You connect the dots with the star constellations and you might get a virgin or a lion or a ram or a bull. That's how the universe was identified astronomically through whatever star constellation what it appeared to be. So the zodiac constellation gained importance because it just so happens that these 12 areas of space, which happen to be a belt that surrounds the Earth called the ecliptic, is where the planets go. And this is where the sun moves. So now we know that not only do we have a sun sign, but if you, for example, were to get your chart done, and once again, the topic today is how to explain astrology to a new person, So if you know nothing about astrology, obviously, this is the perfect show to tune into. And even if you do know something about astrology, then this would be the method as far as how you would explain it to someone that knows nothing about it. But what we want to try to communicate to a person is not only do you have a sun sign as far as where the sun is located in space during your birth, like a baby born today, for example, hypothetically, would be a Leo. Baby born in September, approximately early September, would be a Virgo sun and late September would be a Libra sun. Well, then people say, Farley, why is it? Why is it so important that we know where the sun is or all the planets? Well, that's easy because astrologers have discovered that there's a different type of person that is born during a particular solar effect, which means when the sun is in Leo for its 30-day period, the babies that are born during that period have this Leo 9 vibration because the sun happens to rule your soul or lets us know where you're at in your current growth throughout eternal experience, the sun basically tells us where you're coming from 
and what vibration you were born to master. See, like these babies born after August 23rd are going to be born with a Virgo vibration, which is very different than Leo. See, because Leo is more extrovert. It's much more of a beacon of light and energy. It's much more proud. It's much more into integrity and leadership and family and children and creativity and love and romance. See, Virgo is much more refined. It's much more restricted. The energy for Virgo babies would be much more inhibited, I would say, a lot more introvert, typically, and also a lot more practical and logical, more intricate and detailed than the Leo. Leo could be a little bit more sloppy. So see, people say, well, Farley, where did this come from? Well, that's easy. See, because throughout the centuries, really intelligent, evolved, wise people started to notice a difference in the babies being born concerning the different travels of the sun through the sectors of space. And that's why one day somebody looked up and said, why is it that babies born during the Leo period when the sun was in Leo and during the Aquarius period or the Virgo period, why is it they do change their natures as they grow up? Because people remember their birthdays and as they got older, they gained identity as far as sun sign allocation. And that is why sun sign astrology became so important. But then there were those people that decided to look further because they decided, well, you know what? Even though the majority of the children born during a particular sun transit through one sign were basically of a general nature, they still had tremendous intricacies and uniqueness within their own sign. Why was that? Aha. Well, then we started to notice that the moon moves through space and the moon also moves through all 12 signs of the zodiac, but it would move through all 12 signs during that one sun sign cycle, which means that Leos could be born with their moon located in any one of the 12 zodiac signs. See, just because you're born a Leo doesn't mean that your moon is going to be in Leo too. In fact, there's a 12 to 1 chance that you would be a Leo with a Leo moon. And people say, well, what does the moon mean? Well, through this astrological analysis and these diaries throughout the centuries, we discovered that the moon was the vibration that was behind our emotional factor, whereas the sun is the soul and had a lot to do with father and paternal upbringing and creative force, the moon ruled our feelings. Because then we found that babies born with a particular moon sign would adhere to a certain emotional vibration. This is getting interesting, isn't it? See, you have to sit down with a person that knows nothing about astrology and explain to them the location and the meaning of planets located in signs at birth. That is why when we do a chart, and we calculate where the planets are, all the planets, not just Sun, Moon, but Mercury, Venus, Mars. Even though Mercury and Pluto are so small, they still act as cosmic vital organs in the natal chart. And it does seem that when a child is born, they are affected by the location of the Sun, the Moon, and the planets in space, the moment of birth, and the moment that that child takes the first breath. Why is it, Farley? What is it about? What's going on here? Well, you know, some people into astronomy will say that there's not enough gravity out there to affect a person on this planet. We don't know enough about the cosmic influence of God and the cosmic influence in this universe to know truly why a planet like Mercury or Pluto or Uranus or Saturn would affect a child born on this planet. But the truth is, is that astrologically, many people in this field, including myself, have proven that in fact there is a cosmic influence, that we can diagnose and understand behavioral patterns concerning the mind and communications by knowing where the planet Mercury is located. You see, because Mercury is so close to the sun, many times it will be in the same sun sign as your sun or close, like one or two signs away. And we have learned, you know, through these studies throughout the centuries, see, astrology is not an accidental science. It is a science that has been developed through eons, thousands of years, 
the oldest science on this planet, in fact, and it's been handed down and handed down and re-correlated and reproven and reshared with millions and millions of people throughout the history of this planet. So that is why we know and now understand that there is a significant cosmic influence from the planets at birth. So we're more than just a sun sign. You are more than just a Leo or a Virgo. You may have a Virgo moon, Leo sun, Mercury may be in Virgo, Venus, which is a planet you would explain to a new person that rules your love vibration and money factors and also women in your life. So that's an important planet. We have found through our correlations throughout the eons that Mars is the battery planet, the health planet, the life force planet, the direct energy planet, planet that also rules men in our life. You might explain to a new person that Jupiter is a planet that rules expansion and philosophy and sports and travel and foreigners. Saturn is a planet of restriction and reveals our lesson in life, our karma, what we were here to learn, what we were born to learn. And Uranus is an awakening planet, the awakening factor, the planet that controls friends and goals and organizations and science and technology. Neptune is also an awakening planet spiritually. It's an illuminating planet. It's also a planet that could rule confusion, vagueness, and self-destruction if we're not careful. And Pluto is a planet of transformation, transition, rebirth, sex, the genital area, and anything that will be taken personal. And see, by putting into context all these factors and by teaching a new person that they have more than just a sun sign and by interesting a person in the fact that they could actually get their chart and get a report, right, that would not only teach them what it means to have their sun sign located where it was at birth, but if we also know their date, time, and city of birth, that's right, we can also find out what all their planets are located in space and explain that to a person. You know what happens? They get into reading about their chart and they go, wow, this is me. This explains why I'm the way I am. One of the most incredible revelations I could ever think of was when I first got into astrology and first got my chart done, and here was a complete, total stranger sitting on the other end of the table talking to me about who I was. They didn't know a darn thing about me, but they weren't being random. Hey, Farley Mallorus is special. I'm one of a kind. I'm unique. There's no way in hell this person could have picked out something like 50 variables, like maybe 48 out of 50, and just nail me like that. But they were just looking at the location of my planets when I was born, and my sun, my moon, all my planets, and by doing that, they were able to figure out who I was. And when I got this revelation, I thought, this is a power that I want to know about. The real truth in teaching a person or a new person about themselves or their charts, seriously, is to help them or advise them to get their chart done. That's why people say, Farley, why does the Astrology Hour work? Well, I'll tell you why. The power behind this show is that the reason why this show stays on the air is because people send for their charts. And when they read their charts over and over again and they realize the power, you have to tackle this with an open mind. If you tackle astrology with a closed mind, well, you can tackle anything closed-minded, right, and come up with a negative. But if you look at this a bit open-minded, you are going to realize that there is an incredible power behind understanding the planetary influences at birth, not only in understanding yourself, but other people also. That's why I encourage people to send for their chart. We've been here going on five years. There's a reason for that, because astrology works. If it didn't work, I wouldn't have lasted a month. The people out there listening to this show are not dummies. There are a lot of very evolved, intelligent people that not only listen to this show, but are into astrology. Okay, I'm Farley, K Fox, Redondo Beach, where the Astrology Hour is heard weekdays at 12 noon. We are independently produced weekdays at 12 noon, so thank you. Now, we're going to go to the phones in a moment. 
But I just want to talk to you about one other thing in this topic, how to explain astrology to a new person. There's one other factor in the chart at birth that is also important, beside the sun sign and beside the moon sign and beside all the signs the planets are located in. And once again, like I say, we always talk about planets in the signs. The planets, the sun and the moon are always located in an area of space. It's like Boise, Idaho, or Kansas City, Missouri, or like Louisville, Kentucky. If you have Mars in Pisces, that means Mars was located in Pisces when you were born. If you have Moon in Virgo, that means Moon was located in Virgo. Just like Sacramento is in California, your Moon was located in Virgo at birth. The difference between states and cities and astrology and planets is that the cities don't move in the states. But the planets do move in the sky, always. They never stop. They're always rotating. Also, there's another factor in the natal chart we want to be aware of. In fact, a factor that I feel is more important than any single thing in the chart, including the sun and the moon sign. A lot of you might have heard about it. It is called a rising sign. And the rising sign is exactly what it says. It is whatever area of space, whatever constellation in the zodiac, Aries through Pisces, is rising where the sun rises in the east at birth. Okay, now I was born at 1121 in the morning during Leo time. So if I would have been born at 6 to 8 a.m., then I would have been a Leo with Leo rising because I would have been born at sunrise. But I wasn't. I was born five hours later. So my rising sign, or the sign rising on the eastern horizon where the sun rises at my birth at 1121 a.m., was Libra. So I am a Leo sun sign with Libra rising. And another word we use when we explain rising to people is called ascendant. A-S-C-E-N-D-A-N-T. For those of you that just got your chart, so you're wondering where your rising is located, it's on the chart it's located where the nine would be on the clock face, the far left edge of the wheel. But rising sign is specifically the uniqueness that we have specifically chosen because the rising sign, in truth, astrologically, is your personality. It is your appearance. It is how people see you. It is how you come across. So please stop asking people to guess your sign. Because most aware people will always guess you're rising. That's why you might not relate to your sun sign. Because if you're an Aquarius and you have Scorpio rising, you might relate more to Scorpio from the intensity than you will the Aquarius. So sun signs are not only not only where it's at, but they're not near any of all of what it's at. I think the sun sign's worth about one-twelfth of what you're all about. Actually, one-eleventh. And the other planets each have a vital significance, and the rising sign is where all the planets, the sun and the moon, are funneled, are focused through your personality. That's why I love Libra, because I am Libra rising. And I love Scorpio because my moon is Scorpio, and that's my emotions. That's why I'm so intense. Love, hate. And my creative form is my Leo, my sun sign. Sun, moon, and rising are the most important parts of any chart. They are called the three major areas, or three majors. So knowing your three majors is the first step to getting into astrology. But you can't understand astrology at all unless you test the water. And the only way you're going to test the water is to get your chart. Now, when we go to the phones on the Astrology Hour, I want you to know that there's people out there that have been listening to me for a long time. So this show's topics cover a wide area from introductory basic, basic astrology like today's show was dedicated to so obviously, if you recorded today's show, it's an excellent show to play for someone who knows nothing about astrology. And then we go back and forth. 
from basic, basic shows to super advanced. That's why this show is fun, because I try to appeal to all different types of people. If you listen every day, and if you're patient, and if you record the shows, eventually they'll all make sense to you. But I'm like a Riddler, so you have to put the puzzle all together, and a lot of you have, and I'm proud of you for that. You'll notice that most of our callers that are regulars know their rising signs. That's because they've gotten their charts done, and they've learned about themselves. And people that are astrologically aware know their rising sign. That's why this show is unique. This is one of the few shows you could ever probably listen to astrologically based where most of the callers know their rising signs and have their charts done. It makes it easier for me, and it makes it a lot easier for me to validate how astrology works. A lot of astrologers do sun sign forecasts or just planetary readings on the radio, and a lot of times it doesn't make as much sense. It has its role. It plays its role. But when we have rising signs, we can be that much more accurate. That's why I always ask people, I implore them to get their charts done. Now let's go to the phones. Steve's a Gemini. Hi, Steve. Hi. Today was probably a great topic for you, huh? Yeah. It helped explain a lot. Yeah, it did. I'm a Gemini, okay? I like a general forecast. Okay. Uh, you want me to tell you where some of your planets are? I'm looking at them. Yeah. Looks like you have a Capricorn moon. Are you real success-oriented? Yeah, I am. There's the career fanaticism. It's also a real good sense of humor. You have Venus and Cancer, which is a real vulnerable side to you and real charismatic, too. Looks like you're going to make a lot of money in your life, too. Oh, great. It's just a matter of getting your ego in shape for that and, and trying to get some balance. Emotionally, looks like you're real moody here. Um, yeah, fairly. Okay. You have Mars and Libra, which is innate sense of balance for you, and a part of you that acts as a counselor, likes to listen to people's problems and help them iron them out. And you're going through a tremendous change right now, learning about who Steve is. Yeah. So, so astrology is all part of it, guy. Okay, great. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. David, the Aquarius Cancer Rising. Hey, how are you, Farley? Good. Good to hear you. Thank you. Listen, I, my question is in regards to the Sabian symbols. I'm really interested in these, and I was wondering what the correlation would be between my natal, which is 9 degrees Cancer, and my solar this year, which is 11 degrees Scorpio. You mean rising? Right. Well, I'll just read you both of them, and then you can figure it out, okay? Great. Thanks so much. Okay, 9 Cancer is a reaching for the seeds of understanding, a twisting around from within to see all angles. The mind acquires a deeper instinct for truth. And in case people are wondering, a Sabian symbol means the essence vibration. We get real surgical here as we get intricate in trying to figure out each and every degree of the zodiac. And that nine cancer is David's essence vibration for his rising sign. Eleven Scorpio is your solar return? Right. A lifting of selfness towards the humanities. A sense of responsibility grows towards others. A wish to aid others in their plight. So there's a tremendous amount of compassion with that new one, okay? Wow, great. That explains my wanting to teach this year, then. Okay, guy. God bless you, Farley. God bless you, Dr. Peebles. <laughs> Bye. Let's go to Christine now, Sag, Aries Rising. Hi. Hi, Farley. So I'm looking at my chart. Thanks so much. I got it in June. But I have Sun, Moon, Mercury, and Sagittarius and four other planets in Libra. Yeah. I found it interesting, anyway, to have four planets in Libra. What are you talking about, your natal chart or your solar return? Your birth chart, right? Yeah. And what do you want to know? Well, I have Venus, Mars, and Saturn, and Neptune, all in Libra. Right. Does that mean anything? Yeah, it means there's a strong Libra quality in your personality, which is real relationship-oriented, real balance-oriented, real justice-oriented, and real mental, real communicative. So your needs would be a combination of Sag-Libra, which is like freedom, philosophy, fun, balance, and communication. So it's like love-hate with you and people. 
When you want to be Libra, you need people. But when you want to be more sad, you're more into yourself. That makes sense. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Deidre is a Gemini, Capricorn rising. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I love your show. Thank you. I have a compatibility package between my husband and I, and I was just wondering, do I need to give you his stuff too? I was wondering. How long have you been married? We've been married for a year. Wow, you got married into a heavy storm here. Uh huh. Has it been rough? Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of some other people having some better years when they get married, right? <laughs> Now you got married when Jupiter was in Aries, and it was square your Mars.、Uh-huh. So emotionally, wow, it can almost be a turnoff right after you get married. There. What's his birthday? He's、uh, August twenty second, nineteen fifty four. And he's a Leo too. That's another thing, right? <laughs> What's it like being married to a Leo, right? It's fun. Yeah. Well, your charts are real different. He has Venus in Libra, and your Mars in Cancer is real challenging.、Mm-hmm. And you got married into a heavy transit because Neptune's squaring his Venus now. Soon Mars will oppose it. Saturn will square it. Uranus will square it. So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered in this marriage. Like, did you both get married with the right timing? Do you both assume enough maturity to coordinate and synchronize the marriage? Do you both want to work on it? Like there might be some laziness here, if you know what I mean. Uh huh. You're also having a heavy transit too. You both got married at a time when you both are not shown relationships. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So if you ever feel like you want to be alone, that's why. I feel that way a lot. Heavy, huh? Thanks a lot, God. Right. <laughs> <laughs> why am I laughing? You know. Well, so gee, well that sounds more intense than I expected. I was wondering what areas would be. Real important for us to look at and work on for our relationship. Well, my opinion is, if you want to keep this marriage going,、mm-hmm. then you should be light and breezy with each other.、Mm-hmm. Avoid being intense.、Mm-hmm. Try to keep it friendly, and try to arrange a regular routine for romance so you can express this love that you supposedly have. Okay. Okay. So if you don't make love with each other, then you can't express the creative force in the marriage. Yes. When people stop making love. Then there's a symptom there that says maybe there is none, <laughs> or not the kind of romantic love that you want. Right. See, like a lot of people get married and they're really meant to just be pals, friends. Yeah. But they go ahead and say, "Oh no, we want to go ahead and make this intense." They stop having sex and they go, "Well, I wonder what's going on here. Maybe we weren't supposed to get married." But actually, there are people out there that get married and they have a regular romance all the time. It fortifies and reinforces the relationship because people are able to identify their oneness in their romance. Huh. See, relationships are supposed to be an example of God by identifying the oneness that you share with your mate. Right. And if you feel like you're two, then you really aren't one. Then you're really not being an example of God, if you know what I mean. Good luck, okay? Okay, thanks. I think you should know what's going on. It'll help. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Let's go to Diane on line six, double Scorpio. Hi, Di. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. I wish I'd known about your program a few years back when I was learning astrology. I have a question. About my two daughters, I got their charts quite a while back, and there's quite a few similar, almost exact planets with mine. And I guess that would be on the karma level and synastry level, which I don't understand. You have Moon in your fifth house of children, trying Saturn and trying Venus, so you are shown a tremendous connection with these children. It's almost like they're part of you or something. Well, there's a lot of similarities. They have a similarity to the exact degree and minute. Yeah, we have a show that I did called Exact Degrees, because I talk about the oneness that you can see and you can find and you can adhere to in people you know, you love, you marry, you hang out with, and the children you have. I share a lot of exact degrees also with my family. 
and my sister too. You do. What about them sharing? One of them has a 26 Virgo 56 minute sun, and the other one has a 26 degree Virgo 55 moon. Wow. <laughs> and I did, it doesn't exactly fall anywhere exact on my charts that maybe a semi sextile to my Jupiter and maybe the Neptune, but what does that mean for them? Well, whenever we have exact numbers like that, one or more, we're usually talking soulmates, and soulmates aren't always good. You know, soulmates many times mean you've just been with this person many times and there's a karma to be patched up. Uh-huh. They could be twin flame soulmates, even as, as brother and sister are, do- are sisters to each other, which means that they are almost like cut from the same pie or the same soul molecule. There's a connection between the two of them that is almost eerie. Okay. So usually we have fun with that. It's hard to find people that have exact numbers. My sister and I both have a 17-degree Scorpio moon. Oh, wow. So, the moon moves pretty fast. It's pretty rare. Yeah, so you do find astrology is proven sometimes between brothers and sisters like that in their comparison. close with her? Very. Yeah. Extremely, yeah. Can you recommend a good book on synastry and the karma, you know, when you find the exact degrees like that with siblings and sisters? Well, I like an astrological mandala by Rudyard. Right that here. talks about each degree and what each degree means. Oh, are, well, that's are you what you've de- been talking about recently. Yeah, and another good book on basic astrology is Secrets from a Stargazer's Notebook Okay. by Debbie Kempton Smith. Okay. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Bye. Richard is a New Year's baby. Hi, Richard. A Capricorn, right? How you doing, Farley? Very good. Thank you for calling. Thank you for having me. So a good show for you to listen to today, too, huh? Yeah, it was. It was my lucky day. Answered some questions for you, huh? I wanted to ask you if I could get a general scan from you. Okay, looks like you have a Pisces moon, which is real psychic. Do you feel like that? Yes, I do. Okay, you want to tell me about my career? I'm just kidding. Yeah. You also have Venus in Scorpio, which is very passionate. Do you have trouble putting a handle on your sex drive? Sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, you would be a lot more passionate than most of the people you'd ever meet. You also have Jupiter in Aries. Mars has been transiting that Jupiter. You'd be showing a lot more physical and emotional energy lately, even a higher temperament, so you want to watch your temper here. And overall, you are showing a big money surge and a spiritual surge in the next 20 to 40 days, okay? Yeah, I've been seeing that, Farley. You're going to love your chart. When you get your chart, you are truly a New Age herald. So you might find yourself jumping feet first into astrology, I'll tell you. Thanks a lot, Farley. Okay, guys. That was great. Bye-bye. Bye. I would like to thank you all for tuning in to today's show on how to teach a new person about astrology. Hey, Johnny, you got a famous name there. Hi there, I know. And the thing is my favorite movie. Is that right? Did you see it? Oh, yeah. Because I saw that and something told me that something in the universe like that once existed. I wouldn't be surprised. I hope it's dead now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Please let it well, be well, dead. I wanted, I wanted to tell you first, I, when I got my astroscope from you, it was as though somebody wrote a book about me. It was incredible. Thank you. I read over it all the time and I think, gee, many Christmas. <laughs> this guy knows me. <laughs> you know, I still read my astroscope and it still freaks me out how we've designed that program to be so accurate oh, like that. It's, it's right on. I mean, it's just it's like, it's me, <laughs> you know? I'm glad you like that. Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask you, Farley, uh, kind of a general reading with emphasis on my new business that I started in April, which is coming along very well. I wanted to see what the future holds and my love life or lack of. Okay, I assume you're heterosexual? Oh, yeah. couple things, John. You are coming out of a stormy situation this very, last few years. Yeah, very. Your sex life and romantic life appears to be better than it's ever been with Jupiter and Gemini, is going to trine your Venus, and they should be coming out of the walls. Uh Not only women, but money. Uh So you are headed for one of the best transits I have seen in months in a chart, okay? Great. God bless you. Great, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you in the light. Bye-bye.